Thank so you. You don't have to take a break this time. These fucking assholes. <laughs> They, That's uh, a self-care. You need to open that up and put it on. I swear to God, he sent me one of these yesterday <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a group thread. He sent me a link to buy one of these on Amazon. <laughs> Tom's your supplier. So, then uh, Also for you there. We'll, we'll this is to for Matt, although he ditched us. Fuck Matt. Uh, Matt's at Kevin Daigle's wedding. Let's see, I just got this. It's good to have. I'm glad I saved you guys for last. I'm the most relaxed around you of all the people. Oh, all the, oh really? Oh, awesome. Yeah. Greg might be one of my best friends in the world, but it's like having a giant brain like I'm his boss, in here yeah. and my boss in here at the same time. Greg Howard gave me this. Pretty cool. Cool. That is awesome. I actually thought that in 2008 when they named their gym CrossFit Diablo that it would be like, oh my God, it's the word. I'm not a religious guy, mm -hmm. but I was like the word devil. It's never gonna fly. But does he uh, does he pronounce it Diablo or Diablo? Oh, I don't know. I wonder. I, I would have I would have said Diablo probably. Well, you're you're culturally sensitive. Yeah. And then what's this? Oh, he got me a tank. Holy shit! Is this for me too? That's probably for your wife. Oh, that is for my wife. You're right. <laughs> I mean, you, hey, I say put it on, but you you <laughs> just, rock that downstairs. You just know by looking at yeah, it. Yeah, I just know. I, oh yeah, that's I buy those for my wife all the time. That's all right, Haley, that's for you. And this is from me from the guys at Cross Americas now. Is that a is that a condom catheter or just a no, self, self catheter? Oh, so you just gotta pop it in it's in a the middle. Self-contained cath, yeah. Yeah. The, Yikes. Urine, the urine drains into the bag, so. so you I, just dispose if of I it. this has to go in the hole. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's not gonna work. They make the kind that just slip yeah, on and you just kind of. Condom cath too, but. Thanks for your thanks for thinking <laughs> about me. Just throw me fucking the deep end. Um, Ken, what kind of doctor are you? Facial plastic surgery. And oh man, I was just seeing this guy who's getting his third face. Did you see that? No. His the, his first two face he, transplant. Face transplant. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I saw that he, guy. He just got his third face. I guess his first two faces got rejected. Yeah, wow. they've, that's a tons of trouble with that procedure. Talk but about identity crisis. They couldn't. The doctor couldn't even fucking give my wife a fucking cadaver meniscus. How the fuck are they doing <laughs> face transplants and dick transplants now? <laughs> you, you sent me that link. The first oh, penis. Uh, the first penis scrotum transplant. Yeah. We'll get to that. Don't. Why you got to blow? Just go straight there to the good <laughs> stuff. I was gonna bring that when she got low when we hit a lull. <laughs> we'll save it for later. Uh, so, so you do surgery? I do, yes. And you don't do surgery? I do surgery. You do surgery too? Yeah. And yours is around urology? That's right. Kidneys, ureter, bladder, prostate. Men and women. Men and women. And are you, do you specialize in one or the other? I'm general. Yeah. So, so both. Yeah, I I do both. Most of my practice is men. I probably 55, 60 percent men. Um, mostly prostate stuff, but I do bladder cancer, uh, kidney cancer. Mostly prostate stuff because that's like the most common thing and trendy thing to get fondled these days. Well, it's just the most common ailment in elderly men. That's what I meant. From a urologic standpoint, 70% of guys have some sort of problem with their prostate. Eric, what have I told you about eating during the show? <laughs> Always do. Is that Rice Krispies? You guys... Um, how do you guys know Greg? You guys met Greg somewhere, right? I invited Greg to Shreveport uh, just about one year ago exactly. How do you, how does someone just invite the CEO <laughs> exactly. of CrossFit to Shreveport? You just hit him up? That's exactly I what I said on, to him. He, he's, <laughs> we're lifting. We're we're on an Oli day. I remember this. Yeah. And and he said, hey. At, at what affiliate or what gym? CrossFit SBC. Okay. That's where we train right. in Shreveport. And so he, he says, hey, I, I emailed Glassman today. I'm going to see if I can get him to come to Shreveport. I said, what the fuck? What are you talking about? <laughs> and then a month later, 
Guess who's coming? I, I came in all wide-eyed. Look at this email. <laughs> well, and what Couldn't do you, believe it. And what do you say to him? So, I mean, his. I've well, seen his inbox. It's oh, no, a it wasn't him. Fucking I, disaster. I, uh, I Actually, it was Russ Green who responded to me. But I just went on to the CrossFit website, um, just general email, you know, send us a message. And uh, said, I'm a physician in Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm totally sold on CrossFit. Um as a way to cure chronic disease, I'd love to bring you to Shreveport to talk to the medical community to get some other doctors on board. And I got a response. I just never really, I'd forgotten about it. It took a couple of weeks. Um, I'm sure they're in And did you shit your pants kind of like, oh, I did. fuck, he's coming. What am I going to do? I didn't really mean that. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I don't know if you did or not. I did. What? I mean, the, the sad part of the story is the original place that I was going to um, bring him to to talk to the Shreveport Medical Society quarterly meeting. Uh, the interest was very very cold. I, I would say lukewarm, but it was even cold. Like you know, uh, we want to have some politician people come. You know, talk about the uh, Medicare reimbursement. Crazy. Rather than uh, curing chronic disease, so I went another avenue on the recommendation of another friend of mine, another physician, and went through the medical school and did a. Uh, uh, grand rounds and it was re very well received there what do you mean in grand rounds just started like cold calling doctors that you know in there grand rounds like, yeah. are things done in um in institutional medicine you know in uh in educational medicine settings where they'll have a topic of interest and everybody kind of comes from the different departments and listens to whatever the topic is. and where did you do it at at uh university health lsu they get you knew someone there they got you a room I talked to the head of, uh, of medical education there. Did you know them? No. Just. But she was really receptive. And how many people showed up? I'd say there were probably 30, 40 in the audience. All doctors or, edu or educators? Mostly, or? mostly residents, med students, some, some other people. I wish there had been a bigger crowd. I told Greg at the end, I said, I'm sorry I didn't have a bigger crowd for you. And he, he said, absolutely no problem. We'll come back and do it for two people. Not everyone's ready for the revolution. You got exactly. it. Why, why as a, look, there's Dave on his motorcycle. Why, looking up here, see that? <laughs> We're looking at him, he's looking at us. Um, why, why do you think it's important that Greg speaks to your community of physicians? To teach them or open their minds, I guess. Our minds have been opened through CrossFit and, and, and the importance of nutrition and, and exercise, nutrition being the foundation, of course, just like it says on the back of this shirt. That's and the pyramid it, shirt? It's the pyramid shirt. This is what you get for your L1. And, um, and, and it just seems like medicine is stuck in, in the uh, 20th century. You know, we're, I, I, was, I was almost, and still am, mad that I wasn't taught any of this in med school. It's like, you know, I went through four years of medical education and we weren't taught how to cure people. I, I Ken and I have talked about this before, yeah. just not even related to this, why we went into surgical subspecialties, cause, and we both use the exact same words, because the thought of someone coming into our office every three months with diabetes or hypertension and never being able to cure them absolutely would, would drive me crazy. I'm a cut and fix kind of guy, but if, if I had known that you could cure people of, of diabetes and hypertension and high cholesterol and all these things that are killing everybody, back when I was going through med school with exercise and diet, I, I might have gone a totally different route. Oh, God, thank God you didn't. We need smart people like you looking at our dicks. 
how how did you guys meet an affiliate? We met. Well, we did some training together. So Tom was no, we, we behind met, me. We met. He was my boss. Well, oh. not really your yeah, boss, but yeah, I was a couple of years ahead of him in training. I was scared of you. <laughs> so, so I was a. You were a second year. Second year resident. Resident. I was a fourth third, year student. Third year med student. Third year student. Yeah. So I was three, four years ahead. Yeah. I in training, a, and so a one week rotation in ENT. And then one day you're like, hey, you want to go work out? No, then I knew him, he knew me, and uh, I joined a, a gym in Shreveport uh, in 2010 or 11. A CrossFit gym? Yeah, a CrossFit gym. And before then you'd been doing before bench, then I never heard. press, buys? I was buys, tries, you lap, know, lap, lap, all yeah. that stuff. And a, a friend of mine a f at, the, yeah. at the hospital gym, and a friend of mine was uh, at, we were watching a movie, he was on his phone. He's one of these guys that's always on the phone looking at something, you know, YouTube or whatever, and he was on the phone. And uh, he said, have you ever heard of CrossFit? No. So he hands me a video of somebody doing some workout. I don't know. And I said, oh, shit, that looks fun. Is there one around here? And he said, yeah, there's one on Yuri Drive. And that's a that's a main thoroughfare in Shreveport. And I was like, where the hell is it on Yuri Drive? <laughs> this is 2010? So, um, I think that was, yeah, mid-2010, late-2010. And uh, <laughs> so then we... We found it. We went, and I mean, my first hour of on ramp or whatever they called it at the time, I was immediately hooked. I knew I was done with the bicep curls. This is different. Uh, this is. I would fun. so never do that. I would so never have someone show me a CrossFit video and be like, "Okay, I want to do that." I, well, I mean, it piqued my interest, and I, I was so bored of doing uh, what we were doing. We, we, yeah, well, uh, actually, and, and now that I say that, I almost want to take it back because I did see Nasty Girls with Nicole Carroll and Eva T and uh, Annie Sakamoto, and I thought, holy shit, I would love to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if I would have gone. I, I, it was intimidating as fuck. But it I, was. But I knew yeah. I wanted to do it. I'm like, no, I want to do that. It was, you know, first we walk in, you see people doing things you can't even imagine you'll ever be able to do, you know? Right. And, who are 20 years older than you? Yeah. Well, 20 years younger, <laughs> younger. than me. You oh, mean. that too, that too, yeah. that too. <laughs> 20 years younger than me, most of them, uh, or more, more. But you were young eight years ago, weren't you? No, I'm 52. In oh. June, I'll be 52. Yeah, okay, you've been old for a while. I've been old for a while, yeah. so I was old when I started this stuff. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I fell in love immediately, and then Tom came in probably six months later to the same I gym. I started August of 2012. Did you get him in there? No. no. He just walked in, and I was like, walked Tom, how's it going? Hadn't seen you in years, and... Yeah, we, we, had, we had, had been working out before that in, you know, just bro sessions, you know, bench press and all that. That's how I grew up. Yeah. We all grew up. Yeah. Curls and tricep extensions. What about the, the you guys are doctors, you guys are supposed to be about um, health and, and well-being and, you know, looking both ways for you across the street and <laughs> um, didn't you, you didn't have any of the fear that, that CrossFit was dangerous? This, I, I didn't have this, any of that. This skipping pull-up nonsense and this... No, that I don't I, think I knew enough about it. I didn't. Yeah, that was never. I was not exposed to anyone. There was. It was so little uh, exposure where we were at that time, in so, 2010, 11. There was so little exposure. I think that no one really. I said I'm doing CrossFit, and they were like, "What? What is that? What are you talking about?" Nobody really. And knew. you never walked in there and had your spidey sense go off and be like, "That shit's dangerous." No. As no, doctors, no, okay. Rest no. in the case. This we're podcast both. is over. Okay. We did it. We we're both. <laughs> we we're both pretty competitive and pretty and athletes anyway. And but, I needed to get back in shape. I was in horrible shape at the time. But you guys are doctors. I, I don't know you guys that well, but you guys as a breed are paranoid fucks. Overachiever, type A personality, paranoid fucks. You'd rather cut the baby out than see it delivered vaginally the way it's been a million years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you guys are like, um, 
you guys are looking always for what's wrong. Right. Right? Um, less than what's right. Um, and, and nothing, you guys went in there and did it. It's, it's, yep. it's and, and the flip side of that is, um, injury-wise, mm -hmm. in those seven years or so now, I have had none that have put me down, you know, needed surgery. I mean, I've had a strain. I've had a pull. I've had a you know, whatever. I mean, I, I see more. Which we could argue in court is just from age. In court, that's just from age. Yeah, but, but well, <laughs> that it would have happened to you even if you didn't do CrossFit while wiping well, your own ass. It was happened right? to my friends doing the bicep curls. Right. You know? right. Uh, so uh, it, the, the injury thing is just, I think it's just so overblown. I see Were more you? people come to my office with tennis injuries and and golf injuries than I do any I was, in our CrossFit gym. I was a triathlete back in about 2002 to 2009. And hell, I saw two people die. And really? So a whole bunch of people get their clavicles broken on the bike. And uh, how'd you see die? Heart attack? Drown. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Holy shit. I, I watched one person. I was. Uh, you just swim by him? Help. Help. <laughs> and that one, the one that I saw, I was not actually a competitor, competitor in that one. I was uh, watching. And you're you're like on the on the I was on the on the shore. I was on the it, this was in the ocean. I was on the balcony of our condo, God. looking down. Uh, at the time, my wife was participating in that one, and we were getting ready to go down to try and see her come out of the water. And uh, or no, we had just come back up. We had small children at the time, so I'd brought them back up to get them situated, changed, and we were going to go back down to try and find her as she came through on the next transition. And so it was pretty far into the swim, and there were a few stragglers come in, and then I saw all of the the emergency boats and the EMS and all go up there, and she drowned about 100 yards from shore coming back. Did your kids see that? They were too small. They didn't know. Um, Ken, were you all buff like this when you didn't do no. CrossFit? No. No. I, w I wanted to be. What did your body <laughs> look like then? A little softer and rounder, probably weighed a little more. Well, I don't know. Probably you weighed pretty big. Probably weighed less, but... Uh, you were softer looking. You were yes. he was big because yeah. he did a lot of bench press. Yeah, that, we did a lot of weight lifting, so weight I had lifting. some muscle mass, but, but he was not softer. Couldn't ever, couldn't ever get the, the rip, whatever you want to call it, that, you know. You weren't leaning. Uh, no, wasn't those veins lean. and those shit no. going on in your arms like no. you got now. Nah, that's probably mostly diet. I get it, but, but, which is part of CrossFit. CrossFit is big part. Is a huge part of it. I mean, I. I the, you know, is that you? Core strength. That's me. Oh, it doesn't even look like you. Damn, you are buff as shit. Well, I'm tired as hell right there. I don't know what workout. Well, 17.5. Look See, at I'm that Hulk tired. Hogan 1980s <laughs> fucking <laughs> headband on. <laughs> that shit, you need that shit says Hulkamania in yellow. <laughs> you, you guys go there to work out. You don't go there to... Um, Talk about initially. Yeah. In the beginning. Right. I went to I went to get back in shape. I was in horrible shape. And what happened? Why'd you get in horrible shape? A divorce. And then what ha what happens when you get divorced? I thought you would get in shape because you got to go out and back on the range and hunt. Well, it 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 takes a while to get your feet back. Sometimes I guess, and I was just in a really low low spot in my life. wasn't working out at all. Just eating like crap and the heaviest. Well, I was the lightest I've ever been first because I lost I think thirty pounds. I was one hundred and sixty nine pounds. At my low, and then I came back up to about 100. 169. Yeah. How tall are you? Yeah. Six one, six two. Because you look like you're six four. 
I'm 190 right now. I can't Holy imagine shit. you. 160. Hey, there's a guy who works here. And uh, he he dropped down to 155. Yeah. I'll show him to you later. Today. Well, my, my staff when he when he went cancer. through his divorce, what? My staff thought I had cancer. Yeah, we knew he didn't. This guy didn't. When have I cancer, finally but... told them what was going on, they said, "Well, we thought you had cancer." Sorry. Just my heart was taken out and yeah. stepped on. <laughs> but anyway, I uh, I was getting back in shape, and you know I knew I needed to because I was soft and horrible diet. And going up the stairs in the hospital, I was breathing heavy, just two flights, and so it was time to do something. And uh, someone, my cousin actually, uh, thanks Jennifer, um, my cousin uh, said at a family gathering, I think it was Christmas of 2011, said, hey, you ought to look into CrossFit. You know, we were talking about working out and she was into this fitness stuff and she had done CrossFit some. She had to look into it. There's one on Uri Drive. And I said, okay, I will. And I just stopped in one afternoon after work. She did it? In. She had. She quit. Um, Why'd she quit? Soon after me. Her her husband um, runs a typical type gym, and I think she just kind of gravitated more towards that. And side probably does CrossFit over there. I don't know. Which she no, he's more of a bodybuilder guy. He's a bodybuilder yeah. guy. It's it's interesting um, that she recommended it for you. At the time, I think she was still doing. It. <coughs> she was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I know her. She, does she poo poo it now? No, I don't think so. You can say if she does. It's I don't cool. think she does. <laughs> I have I don't really know if she's working out or, or not anymore. She's had had a child since then, and uh. so you go you, so you go there to get back in shape. You go there because you see a YouTube video, and you're there. And when do you realize, oh fuck, this isn't um, this is something different. There's mm -hmm. there's um, a community here there's a mechanism here there's a methodology here that's in play that works together that like really is in line with the business that we're in more so than we ever thought possible is it was that fair to say that there was these moments like oh shit i don't think mine was quite that deep at first I, i'll yeah. say that i i realized that the the everything all the stuff you were saying uh, that it was for me for a long time long term this is what i'm going to be doing for a long time at a at at an obsession yeah. level kind so, of thing. So like you got in right away, you're like, oh, I found my shit. Every day, okay. you know, starting to do little local competitions, all this kind but of stuff. But you didn't even know about the diet for at least a few months, right? Or a year? No, or? Um, probably about a year in, they had a paleo challenge or whatever they called it. And I, that was my first exposure that to that. That was about the, when uh, I came in. I, what I would say to answer your question is I felt it, but I didn't know it or understand it yet. I felt all those things. I felt yeah. the community. You were f and That's you were correct. feeling the adaptations. Yeah, I was feeling yeah. the changes. I was feeling the community. I was bonding with people in there, and I was looking forward to going every day. I started thinking, okay, what time do I get done? What time's my last patient so I can make it to the gym? Yeah. So I felt this connection to it, but I couldn't really put my finger on, oh, it's community of CrossFit. It's the nutrition. It's the constantly varied high-intensity functional movement, you know. I didn't know all of that yet, but but as far as linking all that, that's to, some cult talk, by to, the way. He's he's addicted. That's some yeah. cult leader. He's sick cult, yeah, he's ready to be a cult sick. leader. I mean, I just that that feel. I didn't feel it I yet. Felt it. I felt the spirit. I hadn't seen the Holy Ghost yet, but I knew. Okay, go. So, okay, I love it. So the uh, giving us a bad but as far as Tom, yeah. as far as putting it together and saying this is something that we're going to take and work with chronic disease until we yeah. saw Greg's videos and his lectures, his speaking. I didn't. 
yeah. make those connections honestly i mean i knew the diet was awesome you know a, a, a cleaner diet is great and functional movement is great i knew that but as far as saying we're going to take you with your super high blood sugars and you're on a couple of diabetic pills and we're going to get you off of those that's been very recent mm-hmm. when you guys um when greg finally came out and talked to you guys or when you invited him out there and he talked to you um did you guys go out to dinner with him afterwards we did and who who was at the dinner you two and some of greg's posse um jimmy letchford okay michael Okay. And Isn't Dalton amazing? Dalton. He's an awesome guy. He's a man. Yeah. Super dude. And um, They came and looked at the bathrooms at the gym. They did? <laughs> <laughs> you know your videos. <laughs> and then he wanted us to invite other physicians who CrossFit. So we had, what, ten, yeah, we had 10 or so other physicians? Had a table full of 20 people total, probably. Yeah. We had another other and physicians. Then, uh, we did a, another night. We went out with the local affiliate owners. And you guys just hit it off with them? Oh, absolutely. And how you can't. Well, How can you not? It's just he's such a uh, he. He's an amazing guy, but he's amazing a pol- he can be a polarizing figure. He has his opinions and he has his ways of doing shit. And if you're not like he's not there to, he's not there to do a lot of fucking debating. You know what I mean? He's he's latched onto the truth and he's right. there to. If you want to debate the truth, you should have been talking to him when he was 28. Well, I know. Do you know what I mean? Kind of what I mean? Like, absolutely. he's like, fuck you. But, like, you know, go knew, ahead and debate that shit on the side, guys. I'm fucking. I got a mission and I'm on it. It didn't take me long to know that he was one of us and and we're one of him probably in reverse i mean we're just we're the same people i he was in here today and i was asking him um if he, if he ever felt like i see this group of overachievers as doctors and and they and they have this tremendous power and they and uh and and, and they have this tremendous responsibility to heal people right and greg is coming in with a really strong message is there any part of this message that rubs you wrong or that offends you like like even even like his artwork on crossfit health that has all the like those doctors doing bad shit to people no because i see where it comes from yeah and he, he even i mean even talking to him when we were here for the one uh l1 mdl1 for the first one the uh you know, one of those new piece of artwork has just been released, I think, and we were talking about it, and it shows some of that stuff. But it's coming from a standpoint of those guys, you know, the doctors are not, and he believes this, he said this, and I, I know this, physicians, we're not, you know, before we saw the light, we weren't on purpose not curing people with diabetes. Right. We didn't fucking know how to do it. Right. We didn't believe it. Right. If you had come to me two years ago and say, you know what, if you eat a low-carb diet and and you do some exercise, you can come off of metformin. I would have said, eh, wow, okay, this guy. Diabetes is a chronic this disease. Guy. Yeah, we were taught you, manage it. you have diabetes. You don't get rid of it. You get it. And this it just progresses. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're all taught so it's not that they're they're doing evil things or they're being purposefully um you know shirking duties they just truly that's what we're ingrained for years you're taught something and you, you believe it and you were given these tools hey guys here's the problem here's the tools. Here's you the were problem. taught how to use the tools blood sugar's high here's the pill blood and sugar's higher here's the insulin and so now you guys sort of see um crossfit is just another tool you're just putting it in your bag um the other tools need to be removed because they're ineffective, <laughs> and and CrossFit, in, in, in a comprehensive of the diet change, um, which we both believe is you know eighty percent of the problem, um, 
God, it's got to be right. And well, for the people we're dealing with, yes. Right. For diabetics, obesity, it is. You know, 80% of their problem is diet. If they do nothing but change their diet, they'll get better. We but we a, want them to exercise, too. Uh, when Sean Rocket was here, he's the um, orthopedist for the CrossFit That's Games, right. mm-hmm. and his wife was here. She was a primary care physician, and she's, she's no longer practicing. But she was saying that when she switched to the paleo diet, her plantar fasciitis went away. And oh, it was, man. And it was interesting because... He, he still sounded like a doctor. He's like, well, you know, there could be some possibilities that there's inflammation and with through and she, but she, now that she's not practicing more, so fuck cured me, I cured another person, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just full, 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 and I love Sean. It's not a dig at Sean, but like he's still a doctor, you know what I mean? And um, he can't be as cavalier, I guess, with these nutritional yeah. cures. Absolutely well, no question about that. Because uh, it might be a little easier for us because it's not our field. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm injecting Botox. I, I'm doing facelifts. He's, you know. Do you do boobs fit. too? I, I love boobs, but I don't <laughs> operate on them. No, okay. Let me just get that straight. So, yeah, I, I could. Have some I couldn't. I have some questions about that. Go ahead. But but we'll come back to that. Okay. It's just a teaser. Okay. Well, let me just tell you. First. And we're gonna get to this penis transplant. So you know the world's first penis. Did he send that to you? He talked about it. Actually, my wife found it before he told me about it. I sent it to him. I don't like, know why what she was searching this for. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Oh, it's just all over Twitter, <laughs> and the graphics are amazing. <laughs> Do you think that dick's ever gonna get hard again? I don't know. Oh, well, you, you can get it. You can get it. I mean, like real hard. I mean, like by It'll a hard. Be an implant. Yeah, the Reebok pump thing, right? Before we get on to the, the dick, though, let me okay. tell you yeah, okay. about Rhonda's discovery. Yes, yes. I used to pop Motrin three times a day, uh-huh. six to 800 milligrams for... Even I know that's not long good. Long enough to where I was starting to worry about my renal function. I was, I was asking my buddies, hey, you think it's okay? Because I've got these pains. I've got hip arthritis. I've got bone on bone in my left hip, practically. I, my knees would hurt. My elbows would hurt. Everything would hurt. Damn, you had some big arms. I never noticed that before. I have not taken a Motrin since September, since I started the uh, keto diet. So that's almost a year. My inflammatory pro- processes went away. What is a keto diet? Um, very low carbohydrate, less than, generally less than 50 grams a day. No sugar. Less yeah, you can't have that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's off, that probably. Uh, <laughs> come on, guys. Come on. This is going to be my whole meal today. Do you remember when we were here last time? Oh. We went to have uh, burritos or whatever it was, and me and Tom both got everything except the burrito wrap just in the get, bowl. Just get the meat. Meats. That was us. Yeah, meat and um, cheese. This and has 450 milligrams of potassium. Oh, that's fine. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm just beating around the bush here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> calories from... What, what kind the of fuck bar is, is going that? on with my eyes? You're trying to get a good oh, that's bar. A perfect bar. This is a perfect bar. I used to eat eat one every morning. Before I was keto, I was always low carb, but I would eat one of those every morning. 19 grams of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> it's natural natural sugar, but it's still sugar. Could you eat this? This no. has 25 grams would, of carbs. I would not eat that. Not now on a ketosis diet. You couldn't spread this out I mean, throughout you, the day? You it could eat it, but you, could. you couldn't have any other carbs yeah. the rest of the day probably. But this, no, you could have 25 more. How much fiber? More. You could have 25 total. How much fiber? Because you subtract fiber to get the uh, net carbs. Oh, so is this ketosis thing is con- is confusing. No. Oh, four grams of fiber. So it's got. 21 is that the only grams. math you have to do? Yeah. It's got 21 grams of fiber that will up your insulin. Carbs. Carbs. What did I say? Fiber. fiber. Yeah. But I but I know what you mean. 21 grams of carbs that'll stimulate your insulin response. Wow, we're learning some shit here. Okay, so uh, y- your diet. Who is is that? Is that the official ketosis diet to get you in ketosis to eat less than 50 grams in a day? Generally, it's somewhere between 20 and 50. Everybody's a little different. 20 and 50? Some, some can go higher, they say. 
Um, and it just depends on the body. And how many at once? Um, I don't think that's when, when you get into this lifestyle, uh, nutritional lifestyle. It, you, um, it's hard to get that many because I mean I eat a lot of vegetables. Have you heard that before? Nutritional lifestyle. It's just uh, Eric. Eric, you got to do everything now that Matt's not here. Yeah. You <laughs> have heard of that? I was talking to our executive work with me a little bit. producer. I've never heard the term nutritional lifestyle. I, I like it. Know, maybe I just invented it. Coined yeah. it. <laughs> but you know, I eat, I eat tons of vegetables, but it's hard to get 50 grams of carbs out of broccoli. You know, Greg said that it's hard to overeat. So what? So what do you do? How do you eat? I eat lots of vegetables with uh, olive oil or butter on them. Okay. Olive oil goes on almost everything. Cheese. Cheese, cheese works good. Um, lots of avocados. Uh, isn't there sugar in cheese? Today. No. You make milk. Sure milk no? there is, but not okay. in cheese. Yeah. Cheese okay. generally is a very low are, are you on this trip? Oh, yeah. Since September? No, I was a few months after that. After he almost kicked my ass in a workout. And you're like, yeah, I can't. That ain't happening. Happen. <laughs> yeah, that is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably like an air squat workout that he has no business beating you on, right? No, I don't generally, know. Generally, I would never was... beat him on anything. But... It, it, you know, no matter how, how how hard I tried, I couldn't catch up with my workout partners. There's three of them that always kick my ass and everything. And uh, once once I started going into ketosis, my body, I don't think everybody's the same. I mean, every athlete is going to respond differently to this. But my limiter, I found out, was my muscle burn. You know, the lactic acid, or the lactate buildup that they say causes the burning or whatever. If you're doing a bunch of thrusters or a bunch of handstand push-ups or whatever we'd be doing, pull-ups. I would start burning and fatigue so fast in my muscles I'd have to stop. So after ketosis, it was very quick. Like three weeks in, I noticed I didn't have that anymore. I didn't get muscle fatigue. I didn't get the burn. So I could wow. keep going. And it was like is it there opened any, up. Is there any literature behind this? I don't. I haven't seen anything. There's a lot of stuff on with, that. with endurance athletes but for sure. There's a lot of stuff. It opened up a whole other level of training for me because I was never working out my, in my cardiovascular system. I was limiting by my endurance and my muscles. And 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 so it, it, and I almost I came within two reps of beating him in a, or tying him in a workout, and he was like, "Whoa, what the hell?" <laughs> it's interesting you said because there, you know, there's those. I always think of there's two factors that happen. There's um, uh, uh, muscle fatigue that causes you to slow down or quit, right. or there's um, cardiovascular fatigue. But you're right, there is also one that's just fucking just pain. Mm -hmm. So like, if there's 50 air squats, I'll be like, "Fuck, I can do more," but this that's fucking right. hurts so yeah. fucking bad, and my wife will just blow right by me. And the fatigue and the pain for me came together. And I was like, and you see, okay, and you see people who do like tw um, tw 20, 25 air squats in, uh, in 50. Uh, like, like, like a rabbit. And I was like, how the hell do you do yeah, that? Yeah, and I'm like, they must not be feeling what I, I'm feeling. I can do it now. You can. Some of the, I tell you what I've learned recently, some of that, a lot of that is mental. That, oh. that, that, that so uncomfortable feeling. So going feeling. into ketosis isn't going to help me? I'm just... No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm saying the, the when, when you have that uncomfortable feeling in your muscles. Yeah. You, you don't stop. I mean, it, when you stop, it's because of up here. It's not necessarily right. you just say, I don't want to do it anymore. Right. If you, We've been working on that lately, yeah. pushing through that, and you can continue. It's just not comfortable. But even up above and beyond that, this was uh, this was like night and day for me. It just oh, it was huge. I mean, everyone in the gym was like, what the hell's Tom? What, what's going on with Tom? Is he anyone accused? Yeah, did anyone accuse you? I don't know. Was anybody accusing me of? No. Okay. good. No. So, um, how about sleep? Oh. Uh, I, I require less sleep, but it's more restful. Did Josh Bunch was telling me he requires way less sleep. Yeah. He says five hours a he night. He does ketosis. Plenty. Yeah, he's in ketosis. Yeah. He's been in it for like years. I used to always get 
at le need at least eight. So I would love to have gotten ten to really feel rested, but now I'm six to eight in, in the same boat. I, I require less sleep. Are you noticing that too? Sleep is I I don't use less sleep, but I feel like I sleep more efficiently. Like the same amount, I feel better. Heavier sleep. Yeah, maybe like deeper, more restful. How about drinking alcohol? I very very rarely drink alcohol. Never have. So you can. I don't can drink at all. Liquor. White wine and vodka. vodka. Yeah. Why white wine? It's just low carb compared to red. No shit. Lower carb. Beer's generally out. There's a few low carb beers. We have a friend you met, Westmoreland, Jeff Westmoreland. He's yeah. a white wine. He's a Chardonnay queen, king. Shout out. No, let's do I that queen. I think it's a queen actually. Uh, yeah. You know, he just went Chardonnay. To, he went. He went to Rich's. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Mayhem. He is a fanboy. He is a CrossFit. <laughs> he's our he's our stalker friend. We love, we love Jeff. <laughs> Holy shit. He, he supplies us with all the all the gossip, all the pictures, all the, everything. Yeah, he's awesome. He's in love with CrossFit. He yeah, if CrossFit was a woman, he would be We'll be at the games and he's like, Oh, there's Rich's um second cousin once removed on <laughs> <laughs> That is no shit. That I is, believe that we sat true. down we sat down last year and he said Okay. He doesn't uh, come across like that when you meet him, but as you uh, dig in, it does. Yeah. Don't turn yeah. around too fast, but that's uh, Fakowski. Fakowski's dad right to the right over here. I'm like, who? what? How do you know Fakowski's dad? that's Tovar's dad behind us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like, awesome. What are you talking about, man? Speaking of dads, you ever seen China Cho's dad? Yes, we met him in the hotel lobby. Super cool yep. dude. Number one fan. Oh, he was awesome. How was your CrossFit tree? I think he got kicked out of a games or something once, didn't he? Or a regional for yelling too much, or he was so proud. I mean, oh, he's awesome. We, he's great. We but I think like he lobby. was. I think he. I think he was on the sideline with his camera, and we're like, "Hey, you can't be here. You can't be here." And he's like, "Fuck you," or something, you know. Like, <laughs> and, he, and eventually got kicked out. He's just just fucking. No, we walked into the we walked into the lobby, and uh, we had CrossFit shirts on. He said, "Oh, you CrossFit?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he said, "I'm China Cho's dad." Awesome. <laughs> he was like, so proud oh, of that. Awesome. Can we yeah. get a picture? I got a picture with him. We got to get her on the show. Um. Had you ever heard of ketosis before CrossFit? Actually, um, a little bit. Yep. Um, I had heard of it a little bit. Um, actually, Brian Mulvaney is the one that really piqued my interest. When he came down with Greg, uh, he also was here with, with Greg uh, coming to Shreveport. And we started talking back and forth. And he just came out and asked me, so, so are you doing ketosis? Because he knew I was low carb. And I said, no, I haven't really ever gotten that deep into it, I don't think. And uh, he just gave me a whole bunch of um literature to read you know books to start reading up on stuff i don't i know he doesn't practice it himself i don't think but you know he super smart dude just like greg knows everything and just got my wheels turning and i said hey, i'm gonna give it a try it makes sense to me Keto um what what is the diet called low carb high fat um it, but there's ketogenic a diet. ketogenic diet, ketogenic. and a ketogenic diet um, is a diet that makes it so your body goes through your, the cells in your body go through a transformation where instead of burning glucose, they burn ketones. fat, ketones via yeah. fat, ketones via fat. You use fat acids. for fuel. Fatty acids also. Okay, what's the difference between fat and ketones? Well, fat is how it's energy stored. Most of it, we have about twenty thousand calories of fat stored, and even in my body even in your lean machine probably 20,000 calories of fat i okay. probably have only about 2,000 calories of glycogen okay so do the math there there's a lot more energy waiting to be released if you can use it okay now most of our most times our bodies aren't adapted to use fat efficiently if we're eating lots of carbs because 
the glucose is there readily available, insulin levels are high, that's what you're going to use. And so there's this reserve of 20,000 calories of fat that's distributed throughout the body. And when it's needed to be burned. In times of starvation or. Or just the way you roll. Well, I've actually lost uh, about eight pounds since starting the ketogenic diet. Believe but, it or but, not. but your I body. Lost 2% body fat. Your body just burns fat, right? Right now. But to burn that, to access that fat, it chips off a little out of the reserve. Well, and. I eat a lot too. Okay, and it turns it into ketones. Yeah. Where does it turn into ketones? In your liver. Your liver turns into ketones, sends it into the bloodstream. That's right. And if insulin isn't bring, what brings it to the cell? You don't need you don't insulin. Need it. That's the thing that your Crosses insulin over. level is very low. That's the goal. So you're cutting out the middleman. There's no broker. Don't need insulin it. Insulin is the evil of all evils in our metabolism. So, wow. So I- insulin is like the government. <laughs> yeah. It's like licensure. There you go. It's what, like it one, wants you. It, it, it controls. It's whole role. It is the regulatory. Wow. Hormone. Okay. And so you're so uh, so the cell red blood cells, right? Uh, any cell. Any cell. Red just blood, about. Red blood cells uh, must use glucose, I believe. They don't use ketones. M- most cells can use ketones. There are some. Okay, there's yeah. a few parts of the brain that require glucose. Red blood cells require, you know, there's a few things that require glucose, but that doesn't mean you have to eat it. There's yeah, okay. no requirement to ever. makes glucose. It, it'll make it. And where does that happen? In the liver. You check my blood sugar right now, it's probably a little bit lower than yours if you've been eating sugar but you know it's somewhere between 80 and 105 i had three of these today (laughs) there's a 12 there's 21 carbohydrates in here one gram of fiber yeah so oh shit so you've been you've been you can't so you wouldn't even rot you wouldn't even fuck with these oh no your your pancreas has been secreting insulin all day and insulin don't don't be careful be careful number one talk gently timmy talk gently about my pancreas timmy (laughs) insulin's number one job is to shuttle glucose into the it's to manage energy right shuttle glucose into the cells and tell fat stores okay hold on to your fat and here comes some more because you're not going to be able to burn all the calories that you digest right then so it's going to burn some store some in glycogen store some in fat so it signals fat storage and retention and glucose utilization So you eat carbs, your body secretes insulin to move those carbs into the cells. Or if you don't need it, if you're not working out, you're sitting here talking to me, it's going to store it as fat. Right. If you eat fat or your body's burning fat, there's no insulin spikes. So we eat. So it either gets stored or it's it's burned if you're in ketosis. Perfectly gets burned, yeah. So you, you are these young doctors. You... Oh, thanks. <laughs> I mean, not now. I'm going back in time. Okay. I'm going back in time. You're these young doctors. So I think I'm older than you. And you like working out, and you help people with your day-to-day life. You fix dicks. You give people a second chance at looking good. Okay. <laughs> um, and vaginas. Sorry. And um, you guys work out at the gym at the office. You guys both. Um, run into CrossFit for different reasons, but you somehow end up in a CrossFit gym. All right. You do it for how? And do you start consuming all the media too? Do you become a freak and like just start getting the journal and just consuming all the media and try to learn as much as you can? It took me a little while to start being a, a <coughs> consumer of that. It took me a couple of years before I really got say how what what's going on here? Why does this work so well? You know. What, but you were feeling the spirit. I felt the spirit for the first. And year were you making too. friends in the gym? Oh, absolutely. Did you bone any Best chicks friends. in the gym? No. 
And and you, how does your friendship go? I did not. The no, I didn't for the record, <laughs> phone anyone in the gym. <laughs> um, I wasn't going to ask. My you. wife will be watching this. <laughs> is that why the answer is no? Well, the answer is always no. Right. I don't no one's getting you boned. Bone I don't think. I don't think that works well. That never works out well when when that happens anyway. Oh man! Just Someone always has to leave the, the gym. So, there you He's go. There's single. Doctor side. He there's should be. He should see, be. There's, that's what I mean. There's your there's your super safe doctor side. That's me. There it is again. <laughs> I knew I knew you'd come out. So, um, and, and and does your friendship grow while you're in the gym? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. We were we were just acquaintances basically before um, four or five years yeah. ago. And, and are the race cars together and. Are the, that's dangerous. Are there other doctors? <laughs> are there other doctors in the gym? Yeah, there's a, one of the co-owners of the gym is a doctor. Um, What's he do? What's his specialty? He is a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist and in ER. ER. He works yeah. ER. I was going to say psychiatrist. He's in the military. He's uh, Air Force. Oh, wow. Okay. So, when when do you guys decide you're going to take it to the next level? Like, when do you do your L1? When do you? After Greg's visit. Literally after Greg's visit. I mean, I... How long had you guys been doing it before you emailed Greg? 2012. I emailed Greg this time last year. So you've been doing it five, six five years. years. Yeah. Okay. And what inspired you to email Greg? Seeing his seeing his uh, bucket of death talk. Yeah. Okay. The X. Okay. That was the one Dalton made in Aromas. Yeah. Okay. And that was the first time. Actually, we had filmed it once before. He'd had a couple of them. I yeah. Saw yeah. It yeah there's, there's so many varieties of it out there now. But I, I saw that and I was like... Did Bingo. he do that for this you guys? Sense. For those when yeah. you yes. had the group there, he did the X. Yeah. Right. Okay. And and I, I had seen it on on uh, you know YouTube or whatever, but then just seeing it, and my wife was there. She's a nurse, and she was there listening. And and I mean, it's he's just impressive to listen to. The man can bring up these these articles and journals and names and dates and you know like very few people can can do that kind of stuff just uh, off the top of the head. He. Is uh, I always refer to him as part Tupac, part Einstein, part Hemingway. <laughs> that fucking okay. brain of yeah. his is crazy. Yeah. yeah, he's an artist, Absolutely. but he's a scientist, but he's a writer. I really I felt mean, a connection like, to the um, the swim coach versus uh, lifeguard. Too. Yeah, I was like, you gotta mention that because I feel like we're just we're just lifeguards. We're trying to pull people. Pull, pull and we need out. lifeguards. When they needed a lifeguard yeah. that day at the triathlon. Yeah. If they would have had one, someone wouldn't yeah. have died. But we need to be teaching Because that person knew how to swim. Yeah. Um, did you cry when you saw that? No. Did that rock you a little bit? I was. I felt sad for the. It was ended up being a, a lady. She was a relatively inexperienced triathlete. Um, a little older. I think she was in her 40s. Cardiac arrest and then drown, or kicked don't, in the head, I don't know or that. I don't know that. I don't know the answer. I'd cry if someone died at the games. We've seen so many people die in our lives, like by this point being physicians. I don't. Do you remember the first time? Absolutely. Well, where was that? I was a phlebotomist. That's how I started. I was actually. Ken? I was. What is, no, what is that? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, Eric, Tom, Tom used all those big words. Draw blood. Uh, okay. Blood drawer. I was a physics If I had an IQ major. over 12, I'd know that. If Greg was here, he'd cringe that I asked. I'm actually a physics major okay. in college. I okay. I'm going to be an engineer. Greg tells me physics is hard. Yeah. And I changed my mind the senior, my senior year because the summer before my senior year, I'd gotten a job in the lab, just data entry. And one of the phlebotomists quit. And they said, hey, we need a phlebotomist. Tom, you want to do it? It's like a buck fifty an hour more. I think you make six fifty an hour. Oh, the like, good old days. You know, I'm a... 
college student wanting money. So I said, sure, I'll try it. And my dad's a physician. He's a pathologist. I never wanted to be a doctor. And um, so I started doing it. I almost quit twice in the first week because it was just so stressful for me to stick someone with a needle. Uh, and uh, But I stuck with it and ended up loving it, loving the patient interaction and just came home and told my dad one night. Uh, it was actually a very funny story. I, uh, I came in and said, Dad, I've been having some funny thoughts lately. And he looked over over at my glass said, and I told him why I said I think I'm going to med school and he said I thought you were going to tell me you're gay yeah yeah <laughs> not that there's any wrong not that there's anything funny wrong thoughts. with that but that, mm. I'm just having some funny thoughts and um, so you should have said I thought you knew <laughs> so I switched my senior year and you know I knew what I wanted to do then and uh, that's when I saw my first death was probably that summer I was standing in the ER when someone came in with a heart attack I was supposed to be drawing the blood gases and, and I saw him die there uh, had you started drawing the blood no no they just waved the you thumper off. was still going it was you know the mechanical thumper that goes when the ems brings them in was still going on their chest and i was just standing up against the wall like holy shit <laughs> someone's dying right in front of me I, yeah i'd never seen that before and do you remember yours i don't remember vividly but i know my first one would have had to be so i was a nurse before i went to med school and uh before is that common no. Yeah, that no, this sounds, was a very circuitous route. That sounds hardcore. It was not the recommended method. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and before I was a nurse, I was a nursing student and worked as a nurse's aide, really, on a hospital floor, sick, lots of sick older people. And so I saw kind of a nursing home type person, you know, 90 years old, died in a bed or something like that. It would have been my first patient death that I've seen. And then eventually you see something horrible like a kid die. Yeah. That's, no, that's that's to tough. me that's that's tough. Absolute worst. No one gets I never, no one gets comfortable with that. I don't get anxious, nervous, uh, you know, emergency situations. I don't lose any kind of cool. When there's kids involved, it's a whole different story. I can, now that you're father a bit. Well, even before then, um, I can just remember, man, it's hard to stay focused when there's a, a child in, in an emergency situation. It's very difficult, very difficult. So Pediatric high. surgeons, I mean, I take my hat off to them. My uh, my son's 34 pounds. He's three and a half, and it's so weird. Like on some levels, he's so human and so alive, but then he's they're so little and so <laughs> like you ne you never want to see a child in any hospital no. setting. I don't no. even like to see him like next to heavy farm equipment. You know what I mean? Like like he should just be running free in a field somewhere. How yeah. old are your kids? 23 oh. and 21. Oh shit! Yeah, grown ups. You, you did it. How old are your kids? 18 and 17. Wow. Do they know each other? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do they think each other, like, do they talk, do they do CrossFit? Mine did for uh, about a year when they were 12 and 13. That's when Very I little, very little. I had my younger one did for maybe a year or so, and he, when they went off to school, they just got out of it. They just do the 24-hour fitness type stuff. Right. They think we're, I'm sure his kids, think, you know, we're yeah. crazy. We're crazy. My younger son's with a it. competitive swimmer. He swims year-round twice a day, so, and he's... I said, I hope if you ever stop swimming, you do CrossFit, Dad. I'm not going to do CrossFit. So the, you know, anything um, your parents do, you, you're not going to do. In so. in 2008 or nine, I can't remember, but I went and visited Brian Nabata, Nabeda in Sacramento, and he is a swim instructor at a school up there, at a country club up there. And Spitz, 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 Michael Spitz, Michael Spitz came out of there. 
and although he didn't, I don't think he did CrossFit. Now Brian's in charge of that program, and they do a shitload of CrossFit, and they really? do a shitload of dry ground training. Is that what it's called? Dry land? Dry land. Dry land training. Yeah. And one of the things I'll never forget about the thing is Brian was saying is that even if it doesn't make you fitter, which of course it will and it will improve your swimming, what it does is the kids who are like always taking second or third place in the pool, they'll beat the first place guy on the ground, on the land, oh, yeah. and something will trigger Mentally, in them. Huh? And they'll be like, oh, fuck, I can beat him. if I can beat him here, I can beat him in the pool. Yeah. And it gives them another like. That's cool. Yeah. They do a lot of similar. We'll, we'll stuff. cut this piece out, and you can send this to your son. They do a lot of similar <laughs> stuff. They do uh, do burpees. That's the first time I ever saw a burpee. Was my son's doing it. Oh yeah. Well, okay. They get punished if they if they're if they don't make their time. They have to get out and do ten burpees or something. You know. It's um, how old were you guys when you quit drinking? I've never really been a drinker too much. And then, how old were you when you quit drinking? I was in. I, I can remember this uh, pretty vividly, I, I, and it's not because I had a big drinking problem. But both of my grandfathers were alcoholics, and I knew there's a genetic propensity for that. I was into nursing at that time, and I got completely plastered one Christmas, uh, December of '88. I remember. Woke up. It's a long time ago. Woke up and I said, "Oh Jesus Christ, I'm never drinking again," you know. And and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, right, whatever." And I haven't. I just, dis- that, I don't know, just decided I'm not, and I just don't. That's kind of a similar reason. I mean, there's there's alcoholism all throughout my family, and I always knew. It's kind of like what Greg Greg uses this, actually, about diabetes. Ever so, oh, it's hereditary. It's in my family. It's like, yeah, well, alcoholism alcoholism's in families, too, but if I never drink, I'm never going to be an alcoholic. Right. So diabetes runs in your family, but if you don't eat shit all day, you're never going to be a diabetic. You invite Greg out. Then he's then you meet him, you meet Brian, you meet Karen Thompson, author of the Sugar Revolution, mm-hmm. sweetheart, awesome, amazing, uh, great person. I, I don't know exactly what her title is, great human being, but she basically is Greg's general for CrossFit right, Health. Right, CrossFit Health. Yeah, and um, he leaves, and you stay in contact with Karen and Greg. Actually, Karin didn't come to Shreveport. Okay. We met Karin when we met you that when we came back here to do our L1 in September, remember? So just a few months ago. Yeah, she that was, was in take, September? She was yeah. taking her L1. Shit, that seems like three months not, ago. Not the, first, not the first MD L1 before that. Oh, we, that's we took right. It, we so took it came. the same time Karin took hers. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And were, were there, who else was here for that? Was there anyone else? It was just... Us I mean, two and Karin. I was think. Jeff here? There were about 55 other people, no. but we were the most important ones I there. Think we so. were right. The, of we were the two, <laughs> the first two physicians that Greg kind of sponsored or, or brought for the L1. And so you guys came out. You, had you had you wanted to do your L1 before then? Had you thought about it? I had thought about it. I had. I had thought. About I considered. It, you know, it, before that, it was. Oh, I'm never going to be a CrossFit coach. What do I need an L1 for? Right. Yeah. I actually considered it one time just so. The owners of the box would let us stay late because yeah. <laughs> oh, they needed right, a coach right. in the For gym. insurance purposes. Yeah, insurance purposes. So you did it. So just now you said you, you thought, oh, I don't need to take it because I never want to be a coach. After taking it. Totally wish I'd done it sooner. And because it's not a coach's. Right. I mean, it is, but it's not. Yeah, everybody should do it. Right. If hey, you love CrossFit. Or, or if or, you have kids. Yeah. You don't do CrossFit, you have kids, take this class. Right. Right. I mean, I wouldn't say it's as valuable. Well, maybe. I mean, I've used this a, a thousand times, but Greg says, hey, if you, if you have kids and you don't teach them how to swim, it's like the fucking most negligent thing you could ever do. You have to inoculate them from drowning, right? Right. And, um, man, 
like there's so much you learn in there that you can transfer to your kids or raising your kids in the L1. Like and even if you don't want to do it yourself. But it definitely makes you a better CrossFitter. I mean, just, yeah, you know, you're a better person. Yeah. So so you take the L1. You meet Adrian Bosman. You got all the you got all the fucking yeah. Colt gear on the Wad Killer right. and and yeah. I don't know what the fuck Ken's wearing over there, but the Superman's got to be the most overplayed fucking Captain character America in all of something uh, or other. CrossFit. And um, you love it, and you go back home, and is that when you start CrossFit Medicus? Um, I started coming up with the idea, um, bantering back and forth with Brian about how to take what we've learned and mesh it with what we do as a profession and and help Greg and uh, change the world. The go back one? The obligatory picture oh. with <laughs> the greatest asset, uh. greatest woman in entire of all health and fitness she's in amazing. my mind. Yeah, Nicole Carroll. Yeah. She's a fucking amazing. She should be on the fucking top 100 list of all those fucking lists. I was I was just talking to her today. I'm like, how many people have gone through the L1? And she goes, 200,000. Wow. Wow. Really? Yeah. And Greg left that to her and Dave to to run. And when I say left that, because he's, so, he's fucking around with you guys so now. She's so soft-spoken and just so... Oh, no, she's not. Well, <laughs> I'm sure when she gets to know you, she's not. But she, she just is seems a, so demure and soft-spoken. Man, she is a powerhouse. Um, and that team, that team she runs is crazy. It's... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's about people. the smoothest, most professional class course mm -hmm. weekend, whatever I've done ever. I mean, yeah. it was so slick. It's kind of hard to explain to people that in those two days, Gabby, I'll talk about the L1 as much as I want. Gabby's a friend of mine. She's like, Jesus Christ, you talk about the L1 a lot. It's, it's, it's until you take it, you can't believe that what you, it can be so, tr something that can happen in two days can be so transformative without taking LSD. Right. That's a great it's experience. Like, it really was. We had a great time. No drugs. You are straight. I've lived a fairly boring life, I guess, by most people's <laughs> Um, You've stuck your finger in more people's butt <laughs> than 99%. <laughs> Way more than 99%. Do, do women need anything stuck in their butt? As a urologist? Like, yeah. Is there any for, for medical reasons? Yeah. Rectoceles, prolapse of the rectum. But it's, it's not like us. Mm. Like, we need it all the time no, as they dudes. just get, get uh, pelvic exams. Every year, what, after 40, is it, or... Even before then, I guess. Well, it depends. You know, if, if you listen to the government or not, you know, the government's trying to do away with PSA testing because it costs too much. Oh, is that why? That's what I think. It's socialized medicine, you know. It's uh, when, when you look at a population as a population, not as an individual, you start looking to cut cost. And a way to cut costs is let these people die of prostate cancer and not screen uh, versus screen everybody costs a lot of money and save a few lives. So it's just a, a cost... About you have a private practice. I do. And you yes. have a private practice. Uh, what, what is a private practice as opposed to working in a hospital? You have oh. to drum up your own clients? You have to live uh, off of your own reputation? Well, you, I think he's more so private in that respe respect. I'm employed by a hospital, but I'm solo. I'm, I'm by myself. So I eat what I kill still. But the hospital provides me a cost center and manages everything for me. And then whatever whatever I bring in revenue-wise is... Could they fi do they ever talk to you about that, or could they fire you, like, hey, you're not bringing in enough revenue, Absolutely. you're not doing enough X, Y, Z? Absolutely. I think that term comes more from the academic institutions, teaching institutions, versus out in the world you're not at a medical center, um, you know, that teaches students and residents. 
so the private practice you know we're yeah 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 now of course we both do some of that a little bit of that stuff but it's definitely private practice so you talk to brian and you're like hey i want to i want to explore opening an affiliate but w w what was the uh what was the inspiration for that what was the what was the goal <laughs> i think just trying to help spread the message and help pull people into the lifeboat in your model, I recognize it. I see it all the time in my practice because I see guys for low testosterone. And 80% of the ones that come into your office wanting their testosterone checked, I can look at them and tell them their testosterone is going to be low. I'm going to tell them their insulin's probably high and their glucose is probably high. And they are either pre diabetic or diabetic too because they've got the most of them have the typical look, the typical metabolic syndrome look. And and uh, so I see a lot of men, particularly, who are prime targets for being helped by CrossFit. What is the mechanism? Why is it? Why does being overweight, eating excessive carbs, cause testosterone reduction? Uh, it's primary causes insulin, I believe. You'll this book that I brought you. You'll see, excellent book. You like him, Dr. Jason Fung? Oh, it's a wonderful book. Thank the you. Diabetes, Diabetes Code. Um, I started listening but, to it. He. He's speaking at the games, right? This year, I believe he's one of the ones invited. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Taub, Gary Taubes is coming also, I think. Or? I just remember this guy's coming, and then I remembered you showed me his book. Yeah. And now I own his book. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Um, so insulin's the main, and it just throws everything out of whack, basically. I mean, it's just. Do you, do you not produce testosterone uh, you when your insulin's out of whack? It. You just yeah. don't. You just don't have access uh, to it. There's a lot of different things that go into play there. I mean, you were so good at explaining fat, the whole glucose ketone thing. Give me something. Fat metabolizes testosterone to estrogen. That's why you get man boobs. Okay. Uh, so that drops your levels of sex binding um, globulin changes and. Sex binding globulin. When you hear that, I can't you, help as you a with doctor, that. That's you just know? sex binding globulin. There's no b easier way to explain that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's something in the your blood that holds on to change. testosterone. I mean, a lot of um, How does when I when I imagine um, a penis getting erect, I imagine like this this door like this hydraulics. Yeah, imagine like <laughs> it fills with blood. Imagine it like a bathtub. Okay. A bathtub has a fixed drain. Right. And a variable inflow. Meaning the water that's coming in. Right. Okay. So uh, you you inflate it by you oh by by increasing the inflow, dilating the vessels, dilating the arteries. But the veins, which drain, don't dilate. So oh, so there is no door. It's not like no all door. the blood comes in, it traps it in there, yeah. and then when you're done using it, it, goes, it lets it out? No, it's, it's not like that. Okay, so it slows down the exit, right? Yeah, it would be like a camelback with a hole in it. You fill the camelback up, and it's always draining. Faster than bit. it can drain. But if you quit filling it, it drains out. Okay, so it's filling faster than you can drain it, and also due to that expansion, there is some constricting some of the drain. Some compression of the drain, right. Okay, and... When I and, and there's some chemical, there's something that happens. Nitric oxide. Um, when you get stimulus, when you get visual or physical stimulus, yep, the nerves start firing down there. It, could you get auditory stimulus that gives you an erection? Auditory, yeah. Like you're, anything that excites you. I mean, there's all kinds of strange things that excite sure. people. Remember the 900 I mean, numbers back in the day? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> In the age of the internet, you know, it's, <laughs> that's right. All kinds it's of all visual now. I took I took a class with my wife on um, uh, the first uh, when she had the baby. We took a birthing class, and um, they basically walked us through like if a woman's unconscious, she could still have the baby because it's it's just a uh, 
chemical yeah. yeah there's chemicals that come out that cause mm-hmm. certain muscles and and diaphragms and things to do stuff that get rid of the baby right that push the baby out i'm assuming the penis works the same way yes with there's just some yeah. right and so if you if you if you have how do you know if you have erectile dysfunction uh doesn't work yeah, but how do you know if it doesn't work? Like, mine tells me when it wants to work. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like I wake up and there's a hammer, so I go bang on some, I go bang some nails. <laughs> how, would, how would you know? Like, like you're like, Generally, this is weird. This is the third morning in a row I haven't had a heart on. The degree of rigidity. I mean, that's one of the things. Uh, nocturnal tumescence is what we call that. Um, it's Nocturnal tumescence. In normal function. Uh, nighttime hardness. That's yeah. awesome. I'll we, be the interpreter I've for you. I've never heard that. <laughs> tumescence. Tumescence. It sounds in like a, something in the ocean that happens at <laughs> night. You know, like ever. What's the? Yeah. Anyway, uh, go on. Okay. In a hormonally intact, um, you know, functional person, male, uh, it's with normal testosterone, normal blood flow, all that. It's normal to get nocturnal erections. Um, so that is one of the things that guys start to see go away. Hey, I don't ever get a, a stiffy in the morning anymore. You know, I piss hard on, other guys call it. So yeah. if, you're, if you're not seeing that as much, that's one of the signs. If it's not working on command anymore, that's one of the signs. Uh, if it's not as rigid as it used to be, that's one of the signs. It's, I, have, I have three boys, and they're all in diapers, and they can just, as they get older, Run I can just, yeah, well, one of them's out of, out of diapers, but I can see just the, the two 17-month-old, the diapers are fucking driving them crazy. <laughs> they spend half the That's day trying. That's the best way to trying. potty train. We potty trained ours just by, and we read this somewhere, leave them out of the diaper at, uh, when they're at home, and they won't go. Oh. The diaper, they know is something they go in, so if they don't have a diaper on, they hold it. And it worked? It worked. Okay, I'll tr- maybe I'll try I'll that. I'll credit my I'll, ex-wife for that one. I've never heard that. She oh, found that's that. awesome. I'm going to try that at home when I'm not yeah. at home. <laughs> when you're ready to potty try, train them, give it a try. The nanny's been potty training the two babies, like, early. It's kind of nuts. Okay, well, that's cool. But I learned about ketosis. I learned about um, uh, uh, so, some stuff about insulin. I learned about how, uh, how fat works, works. That, that you don't need insulin for, you know, for the use of fat as energy. I learned about um, nighttime Tumescence. Nocturnal tumescence. <laughs> Nocturnal Um I learned about the bathtub. Bathtub analogy. Right. It's good. Now we're gonna learn about CrossFit Medicus. So it's not a traditional affiliate. That's right. I you, call it a virtual affiliate. I kind of like that. You don't have a location. <laughs> it's wherever you are. Uh, basically. Today it's in CrossFit Santa Cruz, right. or it's in uh, CrossFit HQ. Right. And. And I can train legally. Anyone, as long as I'm in an affiliate. And and how do you find your clients, and what's your goal with your clients? So far, mine have come through my practice, um, and uh, my goal is to get. Hey, them Tom, all. I can't get hard. Well, um, I'll give you a couple examples. Um, the two that I brought data with to this weekend to show. Um, one of them was a patient of mine uh, already, and I walked into the room t- one time, and he was reading the low testosterone chart. And he said, "Tom, I need help." I, I'm just not myself anymore. I don't feel good. I'm always tired. I don't feel like doing anything. I just, and uh, I, I think I might have low testosterone. And I said, travel shirt. Uh, I can talk to you about how to fix that if you really want to hear it. And he said, absolutely. And I went through the whole spiel about about what was wrong with him. And you have a 
You sort of have a lecture you give your clients, right? Yeah, I draw it on the table paper. Yeah, pull it out and draw and pull it out and draw. And and what and what is it? It's just a, basically a, a, a physiology talk. Uh, talks about how insulin works, how glucose works, what your... So it's a, nutri it's a, it's it's a, a nutritional. nutrition talk. Yeah. And they say to you, but I didn't come here for a nutritional talk. I came here to increase my testosterone. It depends on the person. You know, I throw the seeds out all the time. Almost every patient that comes to my office gets a handout and a talk about nutrition. But the, the seeds fall on a lot of thorns and a lot of desert. Sometimes it falls on fertile ground. And this one was my first patient um, who started working with me. It was fertile ground. And he took to it like white on rice. And do you, do you take them to the actual affiliate? I took him to SBC. Um, shout out to, uh, to SBC for being so gracious. Fred Passan, uh, the owner I talked to, uh, who was all, all on board. I said, hey, I've got these patients I want to bring from my uh, office. I'm now L1, uh, so I can legally train them in your facility. I'll stay in the corner. I'll come in after or whatever. I won't get in the way of your class. You mind if I bring a few people in? He said, sure. We had him sign the waiver for SBC also, but didn't even charge me. Great. Uh, and then you on-ramp them. I on-ramp them myself. You teach them the nine foundational gently. movements? Absolutely. And what we kind of describe ourselves as is intensivist. We're like, we're like uh, when patients get admitted to the ICU, there's one ICU doctor, one intensivist that's really managing them very closely. They're in critical condition. And um, once we get them to where they're well enough to be discharged to the floor and then finally home, they're not going to need us anymore. And you're doing that also? Doing the same thing, yeah. Underneath this CrossFit Medicus flag. Underneath the Medicus, yeah. My my patients aren't typically sick. I'm talking to people that want. The last person we we just, that I just on ramped is a lady that came in. She wanted some liposuction, too much fat. She started saying, almost getting tearful. I gained 40 pounds in the past year. I got I'm diabetic now, and so I just. I mean, she opened the door. And I kicked it all the way in, and she was on board immediately. She went straight to the ketogenic diet. Came to the gym, joined the and gym. She's doing great. Joined Denise. SBC. Denise. And yeah, she's, I mean, she is all in. Uh, who do you charge for that? How do you make money off that? So it, we're, we're not, this is not about making money at this point. I, for, for either one of us no, at this I'm point. Not, I'm in we, a hole. We, I'm losing money. Yeah, we, we definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, this is a. This is a hobby for us right now. This is not our living. But they join the gym. So that's 150 bucks a month. And then to the we. Gym. Right. To the gym. You know, SBC. You, you don't take a cut. We don't get anything uh, of that. And then, but they get our cell phone numbers. We draw a lab. We talk to them. We were texting. Both of us were texting them today. Yeah. Uh, on the I'm way here. Generally and texting so, almost every day with them and made them a couple times in, in my office. And So I don't think free is the way to go either. I, th I believe that's a human condition where free stuff is not valuable. Right, right. And so, I, agree. I couldn't agree more. So... I think we're both on the same page, $350 on top of the 150 so a total of $500 a month is what we are charging these people. Now, I've got some people, another guy that was just referred, he was already working out at the same gym we're talking about, overweight, needed some help with diet. He just came and, you know, we started talking and texting, and so he's never never actually paid anything but he's a member of the gym already and it's kind of so it's just we're still still learning how this works yeah, it, you know we don't have some well thought out business plan at this point we're just trying to help people trying to get them in there's a picture uh, eric on there of one of my rock stars lee 
Have you handed anyone off yet? He's doing the deadlifts. Uh, we are. Uh, Lee, this guy right is here. about to be handed off. Man, he is. Listen to this. He was a patient of mine for unrelated re reasons also. And um, he was having blood sugars in the 160 range, fasting. So normal is 100, no more than 100, right? Okay. 80 to 100. Yeah. Okay. His doctor had just recommended that he start metformin for, okay. for diabetes. His, his A1C, hemoglobin A1C, which is a measure of how bad your sugar, how high your sugar has been over the prior three months, was 7.9. And normal is, high normal is 5.5. Five 5.5. And and he was already on blood pressure medicine. He was already on cholesterol medicine. He's lost 15 pounds in two months. His A1C was six, which is almost, well, it's actually six at my lab was upper limit of normal. So he's considered normal on A1C. His doctor uh, cut his, his other primary doctor cut his cholesterol medicine in half. Um, his blood pressure is normal. He says he's never felt so good in his life. So How old is he? He's 45, 46, I think. But he's just doing so awesome. And he's got, he was, he used to, um, do martial arts so he's got flexibility he's got great mechanics great movement and just and some discipline and he's coming that's he, he's, an, he's an attorney right he's an, he's attorney. an attorney just sitting in a chair all you day know, i've got another patient i love him to death and he's got so much potential if you just show up keith if you're out there show up <laughs> if you're listening um he's the same boat when i shook keith's hand for the first time he withdrew it because he had gout in his thumb gout is another one of those chronic diseases that comes from excess sugar intake because fructose, when it's metabolized, has uric acid that's produced as a waste product. So if you got gout, it's a good uh, it's a good bet you're eating too much sugar. Um, when you say good bet, you mean it is because you're eating too much sugar? Well, you know, traditionally we've thought about gout as a rich man's disease because they thought it was eating too much meat. Mm -hmm. But I think it's got to be the sugar in my mind. It, um, don't you have an insulin response? response if you eat too much meat also? If you eat too much meat, it, gluconeogenesis occurs and converts amino acids into glucose yeah so i limit my protein to no more than one or so gram per kilogram per day and i've noticed if i eat more than that like if i go pig out at a barbecue restaurant i get kicked out of ketosis because my liver makes glucose how do you know when you've been kicked out of ketosis i test it i test it with a, a glucose meter how about the one you breathe into those aren't as readily available and i think they're more expensive than the 20 dollar have you tried finger one? sticker? I have not. Well, the blow, the blowing one, you're blowing acetone, and that's not so you're going to lose some accuracy. The bet it's e either urine or the blood stick. The, don't do the breath one. Can, do they have a home urine one too? Oh yeah. You can get the urine sticks at any CVS. anywhere. You can pee on them, yeah. but they're not as accurate either. It's like a yes or a no, but you also adapt. Uh, you're after you're fat adapted and in ketosis for a while, your kidneys start reabsorbing those ketones, so it's not going to show you as much. Okay. The blood is the way to go. A lot of things change, and you, you you fat adapt for a long time. I'm probably still not completely fat adapted after nine months. <coughs> what, what do you mean completely fat adapted? Meaning some of you, some, some, you're still producing insulin to – I'm still, still not efficiently burning fat as, as efficiently as I could. And are you burning glucose? Uh, yes. I mean, my body makes glucose. Oh, because and, and some of the cells have to use it. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, there is no such thing as an essential carbohydrate. There's essential fats – there's this, uh, essential proteins that we cannot make. Okay. We have to consume them. There is absolutely no essential carbohydrate. Your body makes all the glucose it needs. Have you, you learned? Have to eat rice. Have you learned all of this in the last year? Yes. I've read. We, 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 I've read about we, we ten books. Knew 
this stuff, but not in this context. Yeah. I mean, all of these processes, we knew gluconeogenesis, we knew ketosis. You're familiar with the, bi- with the biology right. And, right. and the chemistry. But not in the context of, oh, if you're in ketosis, it's actually a healthy state. Yeah. You know, we, we learned it in relation to diabetics when they're sick, sick, super sick, diabetic, ketoacidosis. That's a completely different story. That's not what we're talking about. Um, but and, but not and, in the context of health. And to clarify also, when we say diabetes, for the most part, I'm talking about type 2. Type 1 is a totally different thing. Understood. And, and that's when you physically don't make insulin, and it's a different animal. How many classes did you do with this guy between the two of you? Um, oh, he comes he, what, two, three times a week? Yeah, he comes three times. He tries to get it at least three times a week. Yeah. Oh, and you uh, still haven't handed him off? Still haven't totally handed him so off. So tell me, what's that look like? I, I, this is what I was picturing. I was picturing you did six or seven classes with him. Yeah, it's going to be more than that. It is, and we're, we're we're thinking three months is what uh, we're kind of probably thinking. the first. Two. How do you guys have time for this? We're there anyway. <laughs> I'm there every day from four thirty to seven. Kool-Aid, okay, so I'm in the box from four thirty to seven every day. Yeah, so we drink the Kool Aid. So I, he he comes up. We work. I work out sometime between four thirty and six thirty, and he comes at six thirty. And for the first month or so, it was just me and and, and him working in the corner. And then I introduced him to the class, and he's actually doing a class right now. So there's a another L1 uh, coach here, and um, Ken just happened to be standing next, beside him. Actually, I was working out here, right? I, w- I wasn't quite done with my workout, so I said, "Ken, help watch him." And we just make sure he's not going too heavy on the weight. You know, make sure his mechanics doing a little tactile uh, cue there. He actually ended up PR in his deadlift that PR'd day. PR his deadlift there. Yeah. And so we're we're just kind of there hovering now with him, um, kind of suggesting ways to scale, making sure his movement's good, and you know. You know, you remember the first time you walked in at, uh, in it's a box. There's you know a jerk, a clean, a bar. Oh. A th- you know, there's so many things, and so we're trying to really dilute that over instead of six classes, you know, six weeks or twelve right. weeks, and then not only that because we're feeding him, we're feeding him tons of dietary information too. So he's mm-hmm. going from eating what he was eating to now eating clean, and if you baby spoon that for three months, then and, and the other thing we're teaching him is scaling. So he's going to be able to self-scale. He's not going to have to rely, walk up to the coach, hey, what should I do here? You know, they don't need to know him well. He'll look at that handstand push-up and know, okay, well, I'm doing this, you know. Right. He'll know how to scale for himself and walk out, workouts. That's our goal is to get him eating right, knowing all the moves safely, and then um, uh, being able to self-scale. And, you know, for, uh, just yesterday was the first time he ever jumped onto a box, and it was a low box. I would not let him jump onto a box for the first two months because I know his Achilles tendon is not ready for that. You know, the average person that goes into a CrossFit box, um, the CrossFit coaches are supposed to be there to scale, but they don't understand, I don't think, the sickness that's out there. That the average person walking off the street who's never done CrossFit needs some serious scaling. And you can, you can, learn, you, you can learn all that, and, the, and, the, and, the, and they should know that. But what you're saying is, is you think the majority of people who've been going to boxes had the, the, the level of decrepitude that you're talking about that hasn't been seen yet. Right. Hasn't been seen yet. Yeah, yeah I think there's man, they're out Greg there. Greg says this too. CrossFit has, for up to this point, has been all the healthy people who are already fit anyway, and, right. and are gravitating towards this. Now, as we're getting the unfit, and we're having CrossFit for the unfit, I think you're gonna have to really be careful what you're scaling for instance one other patient i won't call his name um couldn't 
what, 10, 10 times sitting down onto a box. He's my age, sitting down onto a box and standing back up. He was out of breath, ready to stop. And if he just walked into a CrossFit gym and a, a regular coach said, okay, come in, we're going to scale, he probably would have left pretty quick. Right. If he had had to do some sort of baseline workout, yeah. it would have just crippled. Yeah, they're very deconditioned. They're I mean, very these, deconditioned. These guys are... And girls, and you know, they're just age. deconditioned. And they're not old. When I was doing some research on um, urologists last night, um, <coughs> one of the things that came up is that caffeine was bad for the penis. Caffeine is um, a stimulant. It's a vasoconstrictor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you so drink a lot of caffeine. I drink a lot of caffeine. I drink a how's, lot of caffeine. How's your guys' penises? Mine's fine. Yeah. How's yours, Ken? That's... It's I don't know. I don't know him that well. We're not that good of friends. <laughs> yeah, you did. You actually checked me for a hernia one time. I did check him for a hernia one time. At the CrossFit gym. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we were there anyway. Yeah. Just went to the. Just went in the bathroom. Yeah. They have Basically. gloves there to clean the equipment. You have to. You have to put your finger in the butt to check for a. No. 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 There was no finger in the butt. How do you check for a hernia? Just push around here. It's, it's where. Well, the stand up and drop canal. your pants. He'll show you. I'm good. Hang on a canal. <laughs> I, I, um, I fly a lot. I travel around. Um, I've flown with Greg uh, on a small plane a lot, and I was always having to pee. And so I went, and I was like, man, maybe I should just get my prostate checked. So I went and got my prostate checked. I went to a primary care physician. Mm-hmm. stuck his finger in my butt. So everything seems fine, but you got a little weird shape to your prostate. I'm going to send you to a specialist, but I think everything's cool. So he sends me to a specialist. That dude's also got to stick his finger in my butt. <laughs> I'm like, hey, dude, I don't, I'm a, I'm a, I, I know you don't want to stick your finger in my butt any more than I want your finger in my butt. But like, isn't, can't, isn't there like, can you just read the notes? He's like, no, no, I got to fill it myself. <laughs> yeah. So he sticks his finger in my butt, and he's like, oh yeah, there's, there's different ways to look at the prostate as having four heads or eight heads, but you have some uh, hydra. You have some. Uh, no, I sorry, heads isn't the word, but like lobes. Lobes, thank you. And um, you have some uh, one of the, you have some asymmetry. Yes. So so, but he's I don't think it's anything. So then he check PSA, PSA is normal. PSA is normal. PSA is normal. Yeah. Totally normal. All my all my blood works. Asymmetry like is pretty common, just like in anything. Stellar. And then he then he want, he has me pee and do like some t- test, like pressure test. Slow meter. Yeah, I'm, I almost fucking broke his ribs doing that. <laughs> I was knocking him across the room. Uh, th- then he does this thing on my stomach like that they, they do on, on your wife to look at the baby. A post-void residual ultrasound scan. Yeah. Yes, looking to see how much mm-hmm. pee is left in my bladder. He's like, that shit's empty. So you passed. Yeah, I figured out if you drink Five of these of you coffee a, a day, and you drink. And yeah. you, these I've had four of these. Yeah, you right. drink a lot. You got to pee a lot. That's right. So now when I when I get on a plane that doesn't have a bathroom, a small yeah. plane, I just don't drink anything an hour and a half before. Right. I solved the riddle. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. I solved the fucking riddle. Sometimes as simple as that. <laughs> One don't of the things. Fucking drink two yeah. cans of sparkling water right well before you get on the plane. Yeah. You're well hydrated, so you're constantly full. So whatever comes in's got to come out pretty quick. Yeah, a lot of people run around dehydrated, so they can drink and not have to use the bathroom. But but also, but that being said, now it's definitely gone into TMI. That being said, I do I will pee next to guys um, in in stalls, and they'll be peeing fucking forever. 
Like every time I every time I'm peeing next to a guy, or I'm in a, I'm like Jesus Christ, these dudes like this is standing like, there forever. Ho- not just stand. Well, oh yeah, what is that? How come I hear guys pee and there's this? Argh! That's that's some. You, yeah. you hear that in airport bathrooms yeah. all the time. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? Uh, if you do that, go see your urologist. Yeah, what is definitely. that? It's prostate obstruction. Generally, that's seventy percent of men experience some degree of symptoms from prostate. Because the prostate, it like, has a vice grip on the outlet of the bladder. So uh-huh. the urine has to go through it to get out. Uh-huh. And as we age, prostates enlarge and com- become compressive on the urethra. So it's like stepping on a hose. It restricts the flow. And there's something they could do for that? There's mainstay now is medication. And if that thing squeezes it. shut and your pee can't get it all, you die? Uh, you can, absolutely, if you don't get care it'll, it'll back up and cause renal failure and death i mean we it's rare to see that nowadays um call that hydronephrosis where the kidneys get swollen from back pressure but we still see it every now and then all right damn anyway i, I know you guys were concerned i want <laughs> you know i'm good the the tip of the penis <laughs> Back to the penis. <laughs> Back to the it's penis. the same. It's the same cellular makeup as the nipple. Same mechanism as the nipple. What do you but mean? Like, about uh, that? like, like, does the nipple swell? Is nipple swelling the same thing? Same mechanics and the same. Like, I heard it's the same. If you look under underneath a microscope, you were to scrape off a nipple and scrape Fascio off the tip of the penis. Dilation. It's whatever the, that cell makes. It's the same thing. Same mechanism. Look at look at Ken's think, learning shit. I think the nipple is more just muscular. I, I, the nipple? I know that it. It, it doesn't actually there is, swell. There is some swelling. Yeah. Oh yeah. The nipples get hard. Oh yeah. No, I mean no, but but I think it's just particular. muscle contraction. I don't know. I'm, you know, like I said, I don't. Do I breasts. think it's va- some vascular. I don't do breasts. Now for the hard question. Well, the, I, I mean, up. the actual correlation is the penis and the clitoris. That's what you're correlating. Yeah. Those two are the Those same. Those two, same guy, just different same, sizes, yeah. basically. If it's more than four inches, it's a boy. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's debatable. I don't know about that. You have to ask Tom that one. That's debatable these days. <laughs> I, there's, there's, I'm going to throw something out there that I heard, and I, and, I, and I haven't read it anywhere, and I can't even remember where I heard it, but I heard that the, that the membrane that holds your fingernail to your finger is the same membrane that holds the foreskin to the head of the penis. <laughs> Good Lord. And that when you circumcise a male... It tears that membrane off with the skin and the circumcision. If you don't circumcise a male, eventually that membrane adheres to the head of the penis, and and then the, and the, and that, that's what finally releases the foreskin, so the foreskin can come back. I do not know the answer to that, Savon. True or false? What? God I'm damn it! I'm not a pediatric urologist. I don't remember anything about that. <laughs> what do you think, Ken? I uh, voodoo. Not true. Not true. Not true. That's my guess. When, Final answer. Yeah. Some some <laughs> children, when you're born, the foreskin comes back freely. Some, it's it's adherent. Um, call that phimosis, where it's adherent and doesn't retract. And when does it retract? Variable, but uh, as the child grows. and Don't yank it back. Um, I, I don't think there's usually a reason to yank it back, no. If it... If it doesn't come freely, if they're not circumcised, it'll it'll eventually. How come this shit just isn't readily available? I bet you it is. It is okay. I mean, I've looked on the internet. Surely someone's written a child book I, about it. I have three boys. <laughs> there, and there's I've a book, on. everybody poops and all that. Show all right, all right. Obese kids. I've heard that if you give a male child and he gets too obese, 
at a young age that there will be development that doesn't occur in the penis and in the testicles that's irreversible? I don't know the answer to that one either. I do know that obesity delays puberty. It delays puberty often. Um, I don't know if it's, it causes irreversible damage or not. I, the, I'd have to consult someone else on that. An another, pedi another pediatric urologist? The literature. All my questions. You can tell I have kids. But obesity in children is a huge problem. That the life and death and uh, or death and diabetes in Los Angeles. The yeah, powerful. Thank you. Powerful. Jay Vera. Yeah, that was very good. Cool. I loved it. That's just the beginning. What, we got a big one coming out. Seven, two thirds of of African American and seventy five percent of Hispanic children are um, obese or. I don't no, remember no, no. the numbers. The, the numbers where they drink more than one or two Cokes a day. Oh, right, right. A huge percentage that are obese. It's just so sad. Oh, all they need to do is exercise. Just, just quit eating <laughs> the sugar. I was looking. At, uh, I follow The Rock on Instagram, and he posted a picture of himself when he was younger playing football 20 years ago, and he's got a Coca-Cola thing on his chest yeah. badge. And I went and looked at his ethnic makeup, and it's Samoan in black. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck, someone needs to fucking tell him. Because 95% uh, of the island of Samoa is obese. 95%. Right. Well, it's amazing. These oh, there it is. Indigenous. Yeah. And I love this guy. And I think this yeah. guy means to do well for humanity. But this Coca-Cola thing, someone's got to tell him. These like, indigenous dude. populations that have not been exposed to the Western diet and then all of a sudden get exposed, just it just decimates them with diabetes. There's a, there's a uh, aboriginal tribe in Australia that actually it was Coca-Cola's number one per capita consumers of, of their product. Oh, that's got to be pretty. That's got to be pretty. Their cemetery is filled with uh, renal failure from diabetes. There was no diabetes in their population before the 1960s, 1970s. Holy shit. Same thing. How do you know this? Did you read about reading, it? Reading. Yeah. Same thing in the, the... That needs to be a documentary. I believe the Pima, maybe the Pima Indians or some other Indians in Arizona area never heard of diabetes until Coca-Cola showed up. Uh, I'm not saying it's just Coca-Cola, but, you know, that's an easy thing to link to. But the Western diet, the carb-rich diet in those cultures and the ones there's in Nova Scotia, there's a population of them that and uh, also in the uh, in the west of Canada, there are populations that didn't even know what diabetes was. And then now within one generation, 50 percent of them are dead from diabetes. I... I I saw that, um, I've heard a couple of great examples of it, but there was someone was saying, hey man, if Coca-Cola is not the cause of type 2 diabetes, it sure as fuck is gasoline on the fire. Absolutely. And then I saw something recently that said that um, in the United States, and once again, I, you know, I don't know if this is 100% true, but 36% of the high fructose corn syrup that's consumed in the United States comes from people drinking it. And man, like yeah, if you it's basically liquid sugar. And if you are going to, like, someone was like, well, that means you're never going to let your kids eat this, this, and this. I go, hey, on my watch, they will never drink it. They're going to have some cake. They're going to do some ice cream. I'm not going to be able to fight all the battles, but I swear to fucking God, I'll slap a fucking Coke out of his hand. Like, I made you. When you're 18, you can, like, I, you are not pouring that shit in your system. You can pour a lot of other shit, but I, not that. I don't go that far. Of course, my children were already older, grown too, right? Yeah, right. Before well, I, I know now. Woke up to this, but yeah. before I got woke. Yeah. But, mm. um, and swole. Yeah. But, 
they just voluntarily have started drinking less Coke. I used to drink a shit ton of that stuff. Oh man, I, I had one every day. A big, huge, big gulp on the way to work every day. I had a, I used to I do. It, I used to just sit and study in college or or whatever I was doing in college with a two liter of fucking Diet Coke, mm-hmm. just caffeinate up. Yep, that's caffeine with every activity. I mean, you're right about the <laughs> Aboriginal tribes and all, all these tribes, but e- even. America. The world. Yeah. I mean, we, we were talking earlier about the history of diabetes. And in the 1800s, there would be physicians that go through their entire career and see maybe one or two diabetics. Uh, a whole hospital yeah, would see Hopkins. a few in a year. Johns Hopkins. In, it's in, in the 1800s. Then 1898. sugar happens. Johns Hopkins in 1898, out of 35,000 patients, had 10 cases of type 2 diabetes. Between what years? 19, uh, 1898. What if I were to say back to you, well, that's just because they didn't know how to diagnose it? No. 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 It he, diagnoses itself. I think there was a movie, um, Unforgiven, with Clint Eastwood and Robert Duvall. Mm-hmm. Are they Excellent. both in that? Excellent movie. And at the end, they're going to they're gonna have uh, a gut. Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman? Was the bad guy, I think. Anyway, it, it was a Western. Duvall might have been in there. Um, uh, they were about to go on their final battle, and they're like, the guy breaks out a piece of chocolate. And this is before I even knew about CrossFit, I think. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, and they were like going to share it. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a moment for me. Like I had heard that sugar was super duper rare. And then it, I started already hearing rumblings that it was the root of all evil. And in that movie that they were like, he had fucking bought a piece of chocolate. He'd been saving it for it years. Rare. But they were going to eat it because they thought they were going to die. Well, in China in 1980... Statistic is 1% of China had diabetes, and now it's 12%. They've got 300 million diabetics. They've got 300 million. In the United States, somewhere close to 50% of Americans are either diabetic or insulin-resistant, pre-diabetic. In the in the since 1980, it's just exploded, and that you know the the recommendations of the FDA that sugar was generally accepted as safe grass came out in 1977 and that's when sugar just boom, have just they pulled exploded. that back is that still they're walking it back and they actually just um had a uh, shout out on their website to hey give us more information about this low carb high fat diet we're in revision they're looking they're seeking advice on their next revision which is 2020 so they're starting to think about it and i think do you think it matters what the fda says I think that's what drove the, 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 I think the regulations, the food pyramid drove this crisis from 1980 on. And, and like, because, like, like, like if they wouldn't have recommended it, people well, wouldn't well, have eaten because, that shit? Because the American Diabetic Association gets their marching orders from the FDA food pyramid. And you think I should talk yeah. about the text I got today? The what? <laughs> there's, there's a nurse that I work with who has recently, um, she's recently understood that she needed to change her lifestyle she's overweight and she has a young jo- uh, daughter that's overweight and she knows that i'm fit and was asking me about it and i've told her about ketosis and she's been doing it and has just loved it lost weight feels better than she ever has she's also happened to be given the job as a diabetic educator and has been talking to patients about the standard line ADA diet, which recommends you can have carbs, just change your medication dose to, to keep your blood sugar low, which is, once you read that book, you will realize how ridiculous um, that is. And, but she's also saying, hey, here's another option. If you don't eat the carbs, 
you're not going to need your medicine. What's that called when you take the medicine and you and you balance the medicine with your food? That's um, someone told me about what that li- type of lifestyle is called. What you're doing with the disease? Just managing, managing, managing the disease. Yeah, you manage it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. So it's yeah. like. It's like having rats in yeah. your kitchen, and instead of getting rid of them, you just kind of manage. You put the food in the corner well, so they I, only they stay over there. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's like, right. go fuck yourself. That's a great I mean, analogy. Better, yeah, they get what you get the fuck out of here. <laughs> a, a really good analogy in this book is if you've got a water pipe leaking in your house, mm-hmm. you're not going to spend hours and hours and days and weeks and dollars buying more buckets and more mops right. and getting pumps to pump the water in your house. What the fuck are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to go stop the leak. Right, right. Keep the water from coming in your right. house. So diabetics... Don't need medicines to get rid of the glucose and shunt it into the cells or pee it out. They need to quit eating it. And once you quit eating the glucose, your diabetes goes away. Right. And so she's telling these patients this, and she texted me today in a panic because her supervisor wants to write her up. Oh. For giving that advice to a diabetic. Wow. Actually told her to stand down, went behind her, and re-educated the patient on the ADA recommendations. Well, there was a big is, push, though. You can accept up to 30 per, 40% of your diet and carbs as long as you check your sugar and manage it with your medication. There was a big push by the nutritional people. There was an Instagram post. I'm sure oh, yeah. you saw it. The woman. Oh, the my previous, God. Yeah. yeah. I think we tore her up. You know, we're, we're the disruptors. We're the disruptors. You know, we're disrupting the, the yeah. status quo. Yes, and we are. needs disruption. You know, yeah. Some of the comments, and I How agreed with them. How does she sleep them. at night? She's just. She, well, I don't I mean, think she's doing it maliciously. She just does not know. Uh, yeah, and she was I, Hispanic too, wasn't yeah. she? Look at her. I mean, I doubt if it's if it's malicious, but it's at 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 some point if you're at that level in in the field in, and you're ignorant yeah. at this point, if yeah. you're if you're still ignorant now today, then you're just not you're just ignoring it. Right. You're ignoring the truth. I mean, she's been so she, she's been teaching that her entire career. She was an older woman. She's probably been teaching the same thing for forty years, and nothing has changed. It's only gotten worse. Right. Yeah. What's happened and since if she's wrong, that means she's been. She has to admit she's been teaching yeah. the wrong thing for forty years. Exactly. Right. Good. Uh, I saw this online. D- uh, Doctor Farah Bellows. I don't know who that is. It was on Healthline.com, and it said to maintain good urologic health, you should keep your bladder empty, drink water instead of caffeine or juice. No smoking, low salt. Absolutely. Sol- uh, that one. That one. You're gonna jump in and actually get yeah. vocal. No smoking. Smoking is horrible. What, what? Why? What's smoking do to your urological health? Uh, smoking is the prime driver of bladder cancer. Wow. Yeah. I've in my career, I've treated more bladder cancers than I can. Count. Is that a bad one, bladder cancer? Uh, I mean, there. I mean, yeah, it's not like pancreatic or glioblastoma or something that kills you um, as fast. It's more of a like a skin cancer. Bladder cancer is almost exactly like a skin cancer. If you get a skin cancer cut off, Ken will tell you, you come back in three months to look somewhere else because there's a very good chance you're going to have one here. And then once you cut that one out, why do they show up here? Because that's where we get sun. Yeah, oh, sun that, exposure. Oh, that's crazy because I'm starting to get some crazy sunspots yeah, I, here. Yeah, I got a, my solar panel up here. But um, I started wearing a hat. That's when you know you're old. Same. When you start wearing hats, you don't want to wear. But you don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's the sign same philosophy. number one. God, I and you see your parents do that shit. And you're like, I'll never do that. And now I got like sombreros. My rogue hat I wear at the games. I wear it, you know, three days a week now. It's like, fuck. Sorry. <laughs> but those, uh, and all of my patients that I've treated, I could probably count on one hand the number who were either not smokers, weren't married to a smoker, or didn't get some chemical that also is known to cause 
cancer. For bladder cancer? For bladder cancer. Yeah. Don't it's, just, get, it's a smoker's disease, in my opinion. Don't get... Go ahead. That's, that's don't get jealous. I was in South Africa. Not, don't be jealous about that. And I had dinner with Tim Noakes like three nights in a yeah. row. Yeah, I'm jealous then. And Greg. We met. We got to meet him at the games last year. Yeah, he's cool, right? Mm-hmm. Chill cat. And I got to hear him and Greg just... Talk about a pioneer. Pontificate <laughs> and just fucking... Just dismantle shit. Like two kids with bats beating a Lego castle. You know, just going to town on things like cholesterol and hydration. And he's been in ketosis now for a while. Yeah. And he was saying uh, there were two two optometrists there. um, And Greg had said, hey, you know, when you look in someone's eyes, do you see diabetes? And the conversation started and Tim Noakes was there. And one of the optometrists said something we have seen and I'm not going to do the mechanism that causes this any justice, but basically there's something that happens when you eat, when you have too much sugar in your, blo- in your bloodstream and the blood somehow adheres to sugar and then the sugar has to be broken down by something called Cerbitol and that takes water and that happens in the lens. I don't know if anything I said is just true, but it causes a bending of the lens of the eye, which makes it so then you need glasses. And then Noakes jumped in on top of that and said, hey, since I've been in ketosis, I got rid of my glasses and I can see perfect. Yeah, I've I've heard that before. Myopia, so it's like you know. And I'm you, like, you holy need, shit! You need reading glasses, uh, basically. And yeah, that's and what so. I, I just read this recently, and that's it was in one of these books I think on the way here. It's that there's a big link between, you know, high levels of carbs and and sugar and uh, high insulin levels and that myopia. Myopia, and what does myopia mean? Needing reading glasses. Okay. I, I think I'm not. I'm not an eye doctor either. But I, I, he's not either. Well, well he's the I one mean, eye doctor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really. I can still. I can still read really close. But I. The. I've always been able to. The villain in SpongeBob. I don't watch it. So. Is that a blatant penis? Plankton. No, the fucking one. The the the, the pickle. The crabby. The pickle. There's oh, the a there's pickle? a one eyed pickle. He's the villain. <laughs> I never let my sons watch that. that I loved SpongeBob. That was that was one of the few cartoons I, my kids when they were little. I, I thought it was hilarious. Oh, he's hilarious. But you know what I'm talking about? The one eyed yeah, pickle. Yeah. It's like yeah. really. It, it's that's the, the what? Plankton. Plankton. Oh yeah, this guy. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Him. That's oh, not no, penis. He can't be. Yeah. That's definitely a penis, right? That's a pickle. Or a plankton. Whatever it is, it's a penis. <laughs> I think we've covered all my notes. I think I'm like I'm pretty much an expert. I just need to find someone. I need to find the next person I need to have in here is a, a pediatric urologist to, to answer questions about your children's junk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, right. I'm curious to have you. You guys are back as sort of docents. I really like that word. You docent. Yeah, you used that when we were here last time. It, I, it, and that kind of that was one of the things that kind of spurred me along um, to do me what using we're doing. that word docent. But just. <laughs> be an ambassador to to all this and help help change uh, chronic disease. Do, does the owner of your gym is he kind of losing his mind with you guys? He's like Jesus Christ, you guys are going to see Greg again? Well, no, I don't no. think so. No, because that shit's they, not going to get you fit hanging out just sitting around. I mean, they're fine. We're, we're bringing we're bringing yeah, we're, we're bringing them clients. Yeah. You know, they're signing <laughs> up. So and and they don't even have to provide a coach for them at least for the first few months. We're going to take care of that. So. It's pretty amazing. It's what what a great compliment to your coaching staff and to your gym that as physicians you're bringing your clients there and leaving them in these people's hands, right? I mean, there's kind of no better compliment. Fred's a phenomenal coach. Uh, he's uh, level two certified and 
going for his level three and uh, super fit dude very good with uh, olympic lifting and uh, you know i've watched him coach and i when he started taking over he just recently purchased the gym uh, his share of it last year and there was something that changed and what changed was the structure it was like he's retired like, air force so. yeah it'd be like going to so. nail one where there was no structure it would just be different it would be crossfit but it wouldn't be the same uh if it weren't run by the flow master like they he's yeah he's got some and, there's some timing know, to it and timing, some, some rigor and instruction some, there's you know there's discipline within the discipline. discipline yeah and so he's he's excellent uh, i'm super glad to bring him uh, customers i know we've been talking about life altering pertinent shit but these amazing photo books i'd like for each of you to have one. Oh wow thank you they're from the 2017 crossfit games those are my 10 copies that i'm personally giving away awesome thanks wonderful appreciate it yeah there you go tom super duper um were you guys invited to greg's house for dinner tonight i, I don't, don't know what's know. going on i haven't looked at the schedule if you weren't you guys could be my guest okay. you guys want to go have dinner at greg's house absolutely all right greg love to Greg. Greg. Uh, the owner. Dude. Oh, Glassman. Guy. Dude okay, owns yeah. all the shit. Yeah, we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> Guy who owns this mic. <laughs> Eric. Yes, sir. Thank you for being here since 8 a.m. this morning. Always. What a shift. You're a sexy beast. Thank you. So, um, Matt, Bischel. Can I have his shirt? Well, I brought one for you, too. I brought, I brought you an extra. Awesome. But, Eric, sorry, you want, he skipped out on it. Eric, do you want a shirt? I got one already. Damn. What size is this? I bought two larges. It's medium. Um, this is perfect for me. I already have one. Can I have this, too, and a second one? Oh, yeah, I told you I'd bring you another one. That's awesome. And this one's for Matt. Is he a large? You need one formal and actually. one sweaty one. All these yeah. guys are buffer than me, but we wear the same size shirt. Yeah, one one for formal you, and one for working Are you also wearing Excel? I feel, I feel like this one's all business. This is all business in the yeah. front, and this yeah. is kind of like all party in the back. This is crushing. <laughs> this is I like, like it. This is like academia. This is like Hell's yeah. Angel. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Enjoyed it.